Good morning, Ray. Good morning, John. How are you today? I'm doing great, man. How are you? I'm fantastic, buddy. Uh, happy Monday to you. Yeah, it's Monday today. Start of a new week. All great things on the horizon. Are, are you excited? I am. You sound like uncontrollably excited right yeah, now. Yeah, I know. It's, it, excitement is under control. Okay, okay. It is a controlled excitement. So uh, it's a little overcast today. It yeah. doesn't look like great fishing weather. It's a typical fall day. Yeah. Yeah, kind of cool, not cold. It's, it's hot this weekend. It was like 90. No. It was. Really? Yeah. God, I didn't realize that. It's pretty dang warm for November, late October. Yeah. It's going to be Halloween. We're going to be out there in Speedos and tank tops. What's that song, Wake Me When November Comes? Yeah. Yeah, it's like Wake Me Up at the End of September or something, I think. Yeah. Hey, speaking of other things we've discussed in previous podcasts, like literally 30 seconds before we hit record, we were talking about something. And I updated you. Oh, well. Oh, and I got the update. What was it? I don't know. <laughs> okay, well, never mind. But let me tell you about this current okay. event segment, right? Please, yes, go ahead. Uh, Taco Bell. Taco oh. Bell, what is it famous for? Tacos. Uh-huh, and? Bells. And people saying that it destroys your stomach. Right? Okay. That it's horrible. Uh, I don't know experience. that you would say it's famous for that. I think so. I think it's well known. Like uh, around here in the southeast, we have Crystal Crystal yeah. hamburgers. You know, the running joke is the only time you ever go to your Crystal hamburger is late at night, 2 a.m. Yeah, after uh, a night of drinking. <laughs> right, right, or out on the town, whatever. Yeah. Hey, let's swing by and make a Crystal run. And then, you know, they destroy your stomach. But at least, you know, you have something in your stomach. Right. And is it the crystals or the other activities right. of the night? <laughs> right. And it's right. tough to say. Right. I happen to love crystals. Aren't they headquartered here in Chattanooga? I don't even know. I uh, know. They moved to Atlanta. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So they were here. They were, yeah. Okay. Uh, they originated here. Cool. In Chattanooga. Yeah. Well, Good Burger. Uh, so Taco Bell has the same reputation of just being, you know, horrible for your digestive system. Well, I've never had a problem with that, really. It's always been fine. I like the tacos. I like the burritos, whatever. Well, I ordered some from Uber Eats. I got an email that said free, you know, $30. We'll cover all the cost up to $30. Wow. So I ordered $20 worth of tacos, and uh, they paid the delivery fee and all that. So it destroyed my stomach, Ray. Okay. I mean, like, I would eat a burrito and then, like, feel sick for an hour. And then, like, a few hours later, you know, I'd be hungry again. I'd be like, well, maybe it wasn't the burrito. Let me eat another one. Eat another one. I'm sick for an hour. Had one leftover the next day. It actually had two leftover the next day because I ordered $20 worth. And of- after two attempts, yeah. you still thought maybe it was a fluke. <laughs> yeah. Well, because I got, like, different types. And I'm like, maybe it was this one and yeah. not that one. Well, so anyway, I ate a third one on uh, the following day after and it had sat in the refrigerator for like, you know, 18 hours. And then that one you were fine. That one really hurt my stomach. Because <laughs> right. like, not only was it tainted, but it was tainted and sat for, a, a, yeah. a, what, a Just for that back 20 hours. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I, I ate it and like 20 minutes later, I'm dizzy. I feel like, you know, I'm going to be nauseous. So what happened when you ate the fourth one? <laughs> Let me tell you, <laughs> I died. Right? <laughs> I think I had one or two left, and I threw them away. Well, that's finally, too bad. 
you know, you know the old saying, Ray, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on you. Fool me three times, shame on <laughs> you. Shame on me. <laughs> Fourth time now, I'm going to learn. <laughs> All right. Fool me four times, I won't be fooled again. So, and today is the 26th. And my understanding, what I heard on the radio the other day, if you can believe it, mm-hmm. is that there was a base stolen during the World Series. Okay. That's currently going on. Okay. I uh, who's it? That. That, I think it's the Dodgers and uh, Tampa Bay uh, Rays. I have not watched a single game this year. So uh, there was a base stolen, and Taco Bell had said, if a base is stolen during the World Series, that they would give every person in the United States a free taco. You have got to be kidding me. No. Uh, Dorito Loco Taco. Hey, I've had those. They're actually pretty good. Right. <laughs> but although I've now... Come to the conclusion, I'm never eating Taco Bell again. Maybe that was just... You should find out which Taco Bell they got it from. Because they're all individually owned and managed and... I don't know. I just I, once you have enough, a bad yeah, experience. Well, yeah. If like, you get food poisoning from somewhere, yeah, you which never it sounds like you had, yeah, that's that's just uh, that will destroy your image of that place <laughs> right. for eternity. Right. But so Wednesday of this week, which will be what the twenty eighth. Mm-hmm. My understanding is Taco Bell will be giving a free taco okay. to every person in the United States that goes to a Taco Bell on this Wednesday. We should all, 350 million of us, go get our free taco and then give it to someone else if we, like myself, prefer not to eat a Taco Bell taco. They should have, like, we should have, you know, some national chain walmart or something say drop off your free tacos here and then we'll just turn around and give the and come get you you know the thing at at the gas station that says like have a penny share a penny need a penny take a penny have a taco share a taco (laughs) need a taco take a taco but so and you won't eat them because your fear of them being somehow tainted yeah i think it's the meat not the beans but you feel okay with sharing that risk <laughs> it's kind of like look man i wouldn't eat this I, uh, taco i'm not recommending you have it but if you want to roll the dice <laughs> right. hey, more a, power to you that's what our constitution's about ray i don't know about that <laughs> but hey it's I, I i will get my taco and i will eat my taco. Well, yeah. I've eaten a Taco Bell many times. Okay. Never had a problem. The Doritos Loco, those shells are pretty good. They like are they good. got a little kick to them. Yeah, just the cheesy dust them on them. Yep. <laughs> and they give you a nice little convenient cardboard tray to hold it with. Yeah. So that you don't get your fingers all Dorito, you know, cheesy dust. On you them. might think you were a sponsor or supporter of Taco Bell. Yeah, I could have formally them. been. <laughs> for, for, formally? No, formerly. Former. Yes, I could have formerly been. Now it would take a lot of free tacos for them to convince me. <laughs> I don't know that the quantity is going to be the deciding factor here. Well, that's true. I think a safe visit to and from without uh, other complications. Anyway, I had a horrible Taco Bell experience. All right. So. So we should not be approaching Taco Bell as a potential sponsor of the podcast. I would, uh, unless, they're going to have to pay a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not going to come easy for them, I'll tell you that. Some of those uh, 
what are they, their little slushy things, what do they call A Baja Blast or something? Yeah. Those are supposed to be pretty famous, but I don't eat or drink sugar, so. <laughs> Since when? Ever, like in 15 years. Weren't you just telling me about how you got some candy because you had a sweet tooth going on? Yeah, yeah, yesterday. It's like once a year I get something sweet. Okay, so yesterday was that yeah. annual yeah. sweet opportunity. Yeah. Okay. Because I, I mean, I drink diet soda. Okay. I don't eat desserts or sweets, or I just don't like them. What's the best part? The best part of what? Of a meal. It's the sweet the sweets, the desserts, yeah. <laughs> I think uh, once you quit eating sugar, then you find that like an apple is sweet enough. Okay. A kiss from your favorite girl. It's plenty sweet, Ray. <laughs> You don't need all that extra sugar in your life. I think I watched a documentary like 18 years ago about the epidemic of sugar. Oh. And uh, just, it, it says all these awful things. I've read about the epidemic of, of corn. Really? Corn is horrible for you. There are some countries that will not allow uh, the mass, I don't know if you call it production, but distribution of corn... Because it's so bad for you. Huh. Yeah. Corn's no good. That I wonder if it's the original. Corn syrup and yeah. all that crap. I wonder if it's the original, you know, Indian corn that is not good. Or they if call it maize. Right. Or if they, uh, you know, have genetically modified it so intensely that now. Or is it just all the starch and carbs and whatever? I think it's, yeah, yeah. It's just corn in general. Yeah. Is is not good. Well, that's another. I mean, we, this little current events has turned into yeah a whole health episode on but, what you shouldn't shouldn't eat. But listen, I've read uh, and I've seen this on packet. I'm a big ingredient reader. Whenever I buy something at the mm-hmm. grocery, I want to know what's in it. Well, so one of the tricks they do, and I've read this other places as well, and has just seen it myself, is they put like on a granola bar. You know, they'll have they have raisins and nuts and sugar. And then a bunch of chemicals, and you're thinking, okay, so, you know, it's mostly raisins and nuts with some sugar. Well, no, then they put uh, high fructose corn syrup, and then they put, uh, you know, stabilized uh, corn byproduct sweetener. (laughs) I mean, it's like, they list like five types of sugar after the nuts and the raisins. Right. So if they listed sugar, it would be at the top because they do it in order of what's most predominant in that. Right. But so they put... So by breaking it out... Yeah, the different types of sugar. Then the the totals equal a greater amount. Right. But individually, they are less. All right. Yeah, so they're listed on there under all these different names so that you don't realize sugar is the number one ingredient. Okay. A lot of drinks are like that, I, I imagine. Health drinks. Vitamin water, I've heard, is horrible for you. I like it. All right. Chris Mullins. Ask what about the Chris question. Mullins? Uh, you're familiar with Elise Kepahart. I am. Kep- did I say Kepahart? I did. Elise Kepahart. <laughs> I was thinking more, you know, the American Indian. <laughs> yeah. Kepahart. Oh, she kept a heart. All right, Elise kept heart. She's got an automotive group on uh, Facebook, which I'm a member of, and I visit from time to time. And I noticed a post here by Chris Mullins. says, I'm working with a new group that doesn't do lead ownership. Uh, I believe he's talking about BDC specifically. 
He said, I believe you still have problems either way, but it does create a hungry BDR. What do you think about a free-for-all system or keeping lead ownership? And there's a couple of follow-up comments here. Um, lady says, I just moved to a new job where leads are distributed by inquiry, not by account, and it's horrible and causes salespeople to be all lazy because they have no goals, no scores being kept. Another person talks about, you know, is it more important to have lead engagement or is it more important to have lead ownership? Right. So it took me a minute to kind of figure out what he's talking about. And I think what he's saying is you've got a team of BDRs and oh, I mean, I mean it, let's it, say salespeople. Yeah, yeah, it could apply to salespeople right? as well. But you have, say, a bucket of leads. Right. You know, you get a, a thousand leads a month. Then does every BDR get a hundred of those leads? Or, or does it just go in the bucket and they have a hundred tasks to complete today? Or, or the leads are distributed so they become the quote unquote ownership, for lack of a better term, right. of an individual within the dealership. Or are they right. just there for people to follow up with? Um, and at what point do they get into that ownership status? Is that what right. we're saying? I think so, yeah. Is I mean, I'm thinking specifically in BDC, does a lead go to a person? Or, or does or a lead... Sales? Or, I mean, or, it could be salespeople if you don't have a BDC, right? I think so, but I think there could be some nuances, so I think it's important to clarify the definition first. Okay. And then we can say this kind of applies to sales as well. All right. So in the BDC definition, as I'm defining it for our discussion, what I, what I believe he means is you have a bucket of 1,000 leads, right. which generate 5,000 activities right right in a month or something then does each bdr get a hundred of those leads and they only do activities for those 100 leads or does a bdr come into work and she has a hundred activities and tomorrow might be a hundred activities with totally different people different leads and the next day might be a hundred activities with totally different leads you know are they just in a bucket being randomly dished out does that make sense well, yeah, I would think in the if you're talking about randomization, in the way I'm understanding it is they stay in the bucket. Right. There's no true owner of the lead. Well, those are the two opposing. Right. In yeah. in that perspective. Yeah. Right. Right. So either they stay available or maybe at some point, you know, to they... whomever grabs them. Yeah. Or they are assigned to an individual who now has all the follow-up tasks and all of the further engagement. Well, I, I mean, I think the only caveat to that is when they're in the bucket, you're still going to assign tasks to a person for leads out of that bucket. You're not just going to say, all right, 10 BDRs, here's your desk. There's a bucket of leads. See what you can do. Right. No, it's going to say... Amy, BDR number one, needs 100 tasks today. I'm going to randomly pull out of our 5,000 tasks 100 for her. Which may be a follow-up task to a task that BDR Susie mm -hmm. did the day before. Right. Yes. Yeah. Then you're assigning tasks, not leads. Okay. And I would say, you know, at some point, if they get an appointment set, now they take ownership of it or something. Okay. Yeah. So I and think your, your, I think your that's thoughts what he's since you brought this to the table. Well, 
we talked about this before, and I thought you had a lot of feelings about it. Is well. I thought it might make I, a good. I do. Okay. <laughs> That's well, why I'm letting you go before I. Well, I just have one, and I think that. I think a case could be made that the ownership of a specific lead. I think it's better for the customer. It's better for the rep, and it's more effective uh, at converting to a sale. And I think it's easier to manage. If if, if a BDR owns a, a lead. Oh, okay. Yeah. So before we started recording, my understanding was you saw some value in allowing this lead to be distributed randomly and not necessarily owned by any individual. I see some pros to it. You and I kind of got off on a tangent, and I I disagreed with one of your points. Okay. But I, I don't disagree that overall I think ownership is probably more effective than non-ownership. Well, I, I think just my first thought is I don't know of a CRM that's even set up that way. See, and I, I, I don't think I completely understood the, you know, kind of what was being proposed. Okay. I mean, I, I thought it was just they stayed in the bucket. And people could just choose to kind of pull them out of the bucket, and then, but they, again, they remained in that unattached status. I think that's true, but it's not that they got to pick which ones they wanted to work. It, it, it was assigned, assigned them. to them. Okay, yeah. but still, again, I, I don't know of a CRM, and maybe you know somebody will correct me on that, but I don't believe any CRM set up that way. But secondly, yeah. I, I just. Just on principle, I think it's a horrible idea. <laughs> right. I, I hate it. Well, let's yeah. talk about it yeah. for a minute because I tend to agree with you yeah. on that. But let's let's throw out some pros. I think one of the pros would be it gives the BDR more opportunity to be less concerned about the relational aspect of the exchange and more about the production aspect. You know, yeah, which it could be a bad thing, right? <laughs> and uh, so if if I own the lead, yeah. right, and I'm the one who left the message yesterday, I know I I read the notes mm-hmm. hopefully, right. So if everyone is a new person to me, right, because it's been randomly assigned to me, I have no now it's going to take me longer to get through my task because. I don't either recognize the name or quickly scan the notes that I put in and went, oh, yeah, this is the guy I called yesterday. I know some nuances that may not be in the notes. I think you're absolutely right. Like, I may not put in the notes, did it, you know, one ring and write to voicemail? Or did it ring eight times and went to voicemail? So did he reject the call? Did I mean, just little things that you're not necessarily going to put in the notes. And, and then on top of that... Again, I can do a quick cursory view and recall what the situation was, vehicle that they were on, is it in stock, you know, did I answer yeah. their question, Yeah, all those type things where yeah. somebody else has to, they're coming with nothing and now I need to quickly disseminate what's going on with this person. Yeah, and I think, like you're saying, you can... You, if you've got a bag of tricks as far as what messages you're going to leave, you know which one you left me- yesterday. Yeah. I mean, you could even, uh, what I used to coach is, uh, you know, you put a note in there, left good news message. Right. You know, left uh, new inventory message. 
and, you know, and that doesn't happen, typically. Well, I mean, it did in my dealership because <laughs> I checked. Plus, not only because I checked, but there's value in that because if you've left seven messages right. and you don't want to call back and leave the same exact message right. you left yesterday. Right. So, yeah, it just made sense that you put a little yeah. GN message. Right. You know. Right. And goes to, you could have your own, I mean, unless it's very formalized, yeah. your own kind of abbreviated ways of indicating what, you, what you've done. And, right. and we want less time on the administrative part and more time on the activity right. part. So, again, right. I just think all the way around it's a bad idea. And if you've talked to them a couple of times, you know, and you couldn't get them in, at least you're building some rapport, hopefully. Right. Uh, now, and they're hearing from the same person, so there's a point of contact, yeah. right? So if I leave you three messages, hopefully you know, ask for Ray, yeah. because this guy Ray keeps leaving me messages. Well, let's talk about the flip side of that. So if we have a good effective cadence of you know what messages we're going to leave, then literally we could plug and play the person doing that activity as long as they're all following the same cadence. Okay. Uh, lastly, hey, it may be a good idea to have a different voice. You know, maybe they get a call from Katie and, and you know, they, they have a conversation maybe and it just doesn't flow, it doesn't result in an appointment. Right. But next time they talk to Tony and they have a better rapport, you know, okay. whatever the case may be. Yeah, well, hopefully they talk to them. Yeah. That's, that's a little different. I think at the point... I mean, and again, I don't know that it specifies, but at what point does it become the ownership? If they've had an engagement, is it now owned by that person? Yeah. yeah. Right? So hopefully the... You know, I'd say it's an appointment, BDR man. salesperson that we're talking about, they're good enough to see, hey, I'm not getting anywhere on this guy. And they're TOing it to, let's say, a manager. Hey, the answer's the phone every time. I'm just not getting through, and if they're if they're using quality TOs, then you know hopefully we can overcome that. I, I just think I, I, think I, I little, can't think of a good reason to do it. We're a little all over the board here. It's it's a little bit hard for me to follow where we're going. I'm sure it's hard for our listeners to follow our no, train of thought. you. <laughs> okay, okay. So let's kind of recap then. So. Lead ownership, we both agree. I, I'm like 60-40. I think that's probably a better way to do it. But I can see some pros of doing it the other way. Yeah. You're probably like 80-20. 90-10. Okay, that lead ownership yeah. is a better way to go. Yeah. Uh, and the other thing I think that you disagreed with, if we're mm-hmm. not you know, continuing down this, jumping all over the place. <laughs> all right. But um, I said that by assigning it to somebody... I think those are truer numbers on their ability when we start to look at those key performance indicators, those KPIs. Right. If they owned it beginning to end, now when I look at their contact ratio, I think that's a truer indicator as to how effective they are than it would be had the person who was number three in line on the randomization was able to make contact. I don't know that that contact wasn't based on an effective message by person one or two in that process. I think I see the point you're trying to make or the, <laughs> point, the point you're making, 
but I just think I disagree with it. Okay. Because I th- I think if it's truly random, then that person A who gets the person you're saying, you know, right. oh, well, they left a great message on the second contact, but then the crappy BDR got it the next day and the guy picked up because of the great message the person left the day before. Right. Is one scenario. Okay. Well, but that is going to happen in reverse as well. No. No? If in your hypothetical yeah. person, the, the, the crappy BDR. The crappy a, BDR is a crappy BDR. If they leave a message. Then their, their messages are crappy. <laughs> and so the, the person A is never going to get the benefit. <laughs> I never get it. I only get the, uh, the short side of that stick. Let's talk about that. I think here's a key point that probably is underlying in both of our mindsets here is without any ownership of the lead, you don't really have ownership of the process. Right. Like, in your mind, you're just doing a random activity. Yeah. There's no payoff in that. Right. There's no build-up and, and there's right. there's no extra reward for extra effort. Yeah. But if you own a lead, then if you go above and beyond and provide a great service, that person's more likely to do business with you. Right. And you get extra reward. And you also get the benefit of... Let's say I'm going off of a script from messaging, right? A, right? a variety of messages. And I can now see what message, okay, I've left this one, I've left this one, I left this one, and he called back. Well, wow, that, that gives me some internal dialogue of, it seems like I'm getting more responses from this message, right? I see yeah. what I'm more effective at. From all of the plethora, I mean, we know that there's an unlimited number of ways to approach it. Well, when I did it this way, I got more payoff than when I've done it this way. And then there's that internal, you know, kind of uh, coaching or or learning through your processes. Well, here's where I'll go with this, Ray. As you know, I am open to uh, new ideas and changing my mind and and new ways of thinking, right? You know that about me. <laughs> I'm very zen about being the best uh, trainer and student of the industry that I can be. That, that is quintessential how I describe you, John. <laughs> right. People who don't know you, so tell me about John. <laughs> One thing I can tell you is the guy is zen when it comes to learning and changing of attitude and mindset. Absolutely. Yeah. So all that being said... What you got? Well, here's what I think is I may have to up my percentage. Okay. Agree with right. this, this ownership is better than Rona. Here's my thinking is that in a logical data-driven world, you know, where the personalities and human element is taken away yeah. from the activity. Right. Then I think it doesn't matter, right? You know, it does. If all people, you know, like a robot on an assembly line, yeah. if the robot will do whatever you program it to do, who then cares it which robot takes it, right? Because <laughs> right. they're all going to do exactly the same thing every time, right? But you include the human element, and I think it just becomes, for all of these reasons, for the the mental reasons of the employee, the mental reasons of the the prospect, for the the ongoing training and development of your team. Yeah, I, I think the ownership principle just makes a lot more sense than the randomization or the bucket principle. Okay. Yeah. And I, I think another thing is from the customer's perspective, if I'm getting calls from multiple people 
mm-hmm. at that dealership, I would think that it would feel more like I'm dealing with a, a company yeah. than a person. Yeah. Be right? less, less personal. Yeah. yeah. So Okay. Well, let's right. see if there are any more comments here. Uh, yeah, one person, uh, Philip Kent, talks about that uh, the person that built the, the lead to fruition should get some credit. Right. So kudos to the person right. that's able to do that in a more effective way. Yeah. And, and again, I think it, it it's going to provide, I don't know, hard feelings or difficult conversations. If there's some kind of bonus element to gaining an appointment, a show appointment, a sold, I mean, if something's going back, if I was involved in that and feel like I did an effective job in mm. my piece but i'm not getting any benefit from that you know from the right. you know checking it off on my yeah. list of solds for the month i don't get the the monetary payoff yeah i'm, I'm gonna be a little bitter hey, i hate to say it it kind of sounds like communism right <laughs> everybody do your own work right. and then we'll throw everything in a pile right. and divvy it up equally yeah well you take away the incentive for the one person to Perform more to get rewarded more. Yes. All right. So Joe Casser says, uh, sounds like they're working with uh, a certain company as their CRM. Uh, if not, they're a prime candidate for it. Yeah, because there's probably only one CRM yeah, I was out gonna, there. That yeah, can... it looks like that's what he's saying is that this CRM will do this. Okay. Well, I, I think we, uh, yeah, we put our two cents in on that. Yeah. I should. We should release this, and I'll post it as a comment on this uh, post here. Yeah. And we'll get some feedback. If we misunderstood the scenario, right, please correct right, Which is entirely we'll report possible. another one. In fact, I think highly likely. <laughs> but but Chris, there's, there's not a lot of detail given to it. It's a pretty open-ended, yeah. you know, should A or B. Well, there's a lot of, you know, variables in there that are not addressed. Yeah. Well, Chris, I appreciate you posting this. Yeah. And uh, Elise, I appreciate you having this. This uh, group where we can discuss things like this. And our my good friend, our good friend, Jamie Poulin, is uh, a moderator here for this group. And, really? You know, at least, I guess, right. you know, at least is a very busy, successful professional. Oh, yeah. Jamie's got all the time in the world, <laughs> right? <laughs> Jamie is running a very successful dealership. And yes. kudos to Jamie that he takes his time to help the industry like that. Yeah, man. Really cool stuff. All right. Well, thank you for joining us for another. We didn't ever say the name of the show. Right. Uh, but this yeah. has been another episode of a Saturday Morning Sales Meeting. Yes. And well, I, did you have something else or no? Uh, I had a little short one, but where are we at on time? Uh, 34, 35. Yeah, that's plenty. All right. Well, yeah. We, we have to edit this. <laughs> so, yes, we appreciate you listening, and we hope you'll join again. Like to learn more about John and Ray, visit our website, SaturdayMorningSalesMeeting.com, where you can also listen to additional episodes or read articles we've written. Or email us directly, info at SaturdayMorningSalesMeeting.com. We'd love to hear show ideas, comments, feedback. What about dealers and sales managers, Ray? 
If you're a dealer or manager who would like more information on our sales training, BDC training, new hire training, or process evaluation and improvement, simply email us, info at SaturdayMorningSalesMeeting.com. And don't forget about the total dealership assessment, Ray. That's where we come in, evaluate the sales process, look at the lead flow. I mean, if you've got leads that you're not handling properly, we can help. And we can help both on the variable and fixed operation sides of the dealership. Right. And these are immediate action items that you can put in place tomorrow to sell more cars or write more ROs. Right. Simply email us, info at SaturdayMorningSalesMeeting.com. That's info at SaturdayMorningSalesMeeting.com.